49ers vacationing hard, hitting Cabo, not only players, but coaches together. The tightest locker room in NFL history, maybe. And Mock Draft Monday, who are the 49ers selecting in various mock drafts around the NFL world? Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making this your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager, managing your football franchise top to bottom? This is definitely the game for you. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost in game to their franchise when using promo code locked on inside the game store ultimate football GM. Speaking of being a NFL GM, we've got some mock drafts to look at today on this mock draft Monday episode. I hope everyone had a, a, a great weekend and maybe some extra holidays for you on, uh, on this weekend. Croc and I getting into you a little bit late on this Monday, uh, before we get to the mock draft Monday portion and look at some of the players, the 49ers are being connected to in the mock draft world. Niners on vacation, Croc. I need a vacation. I'm seeing these dudes yucking it up, having fun on the beach in Cabo. And I'm like, man, that looks pretty good right now. And this is a vacation season for him. Well, real quick, have you been to Cabo? Uh, never have. Okay. I, yeah, I haven't either. So, yeah. I've never been to Mexico. Matter of fact, I've never been out the country. So, <laughs> okay. It's on, my, I've been to Mexico. it's on my bucket list. I've been to Mexico, but not to, to Cabo. Yeah. Um, and I had some good times, but th- that would be fun. And if you, have, if you want to rub elbows with like NFL players, go to Cabo in february because that's when they're there man uh, coaches and players alike but you've seen this with kyle and trent williams and christian mccaffrey and use and the whole crew just kind of hanging out on the beach together in cabo croc is this strange maybe i'm missing something but seeing a coach and players vacationing together and remember the famous stafford trade went down kyle shanahan was in cabo so was mcveigh right and i think i think I think maybe the quarterback was there too, right? Were they all in Cabo? Yeah, I think Stafford was there too. I think yeah. Stafford was also there. So, yeah, uh, this is a this is a yearly event. But but seeing the players and the coach together, it's kind of wild. It's pretty cool. But it's like, are they too close at a certain point? I think they're kind of – there's that fine line, right, between being a player's coach and then obviously, uh, you know, want to be that authoritarian. And I think Kyle Shanahan does a terrific job of playing both sides of the fence when it comes to that. The, the thing that is very interesting to me is, I, I mean, personally, I have never seen a coach so close to his players, right? I mean, you've had position coaches, especially a head coach, but position coaches, you know, you want to develop this relationship with your players. You take them out to eat. You might eat with them and things like that. But I have never personally seen a coach vacation with his players. And we've talked about how I'm like, man, you know, off air, of course, it's kind of a little too close with his players. And I guess the results would say, nah, man, like, this is cool. They just have a great relationship. But it is something that you just typically don't see. Even with Sean McVay, you know, and maybe they do it, and maybe we're just not as close to the Rams, so I haven't seen it. But he's even younger than Kyle. And I think when he got hired as a head coach, was he a head coach at 31 years old? I still don't think he was, like, vacationing or hanging out or having drinks with his players, at least from what we've been told. So um, 
it's it's an interesting dynamic. It seems to work for the 49ers, but I do think uh, when you do have that type of relationship, it is kind of a, a thin line. Now, maybe it works, and maybe that's why he's able to be as upfront and real with those guys, and they know that he has their best interest in mind because, hey, we are close. So when he tells me something, I make sure I listen. Yeah, hearing Debo talk about and Debo, by the way, there, I think, uh, so I mentioned McCaffrey, Juszczyk, Trent Williams in one of the little videos I saw, a little uh, animated GIF there, and, and they're all posting different stuff on their socials and their wives. Um, Trent Williams, Kittle, Debo, McCaffrey, Juszczyk, Kyle Shanahan. I think those are the ones I saw. There might have been more there uh, behind the scenes that I didn't see in, in some of the videos. Um, and, and we had talked before how close Debo and and Kyle Shanahan are and that, you know, Debo's talking about, I talk, I talk to him every day. And, and I know some of the disgruntled stuff was, was overblown. And there was a lot of negotiating going on last offseason with Debo, not being happy with this or, or that. And uh, I, clearly not a lot of it was true. If any of it was true, he was trying to negotiate and, and they used some public avenues to, uh, to help that negotiation along for Debo getting his contract last year. Uh, but it's, it, it's, uh, what was the quote that Debo said about he never, he never, Kyle doesn't make any decisions without running it by his players first? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, he, he consults his players before making a decision. I went straight to the quarterback position and maybe it's kind of more focused on that, but it sounds like anything that goes on with the team, he consults with his players. Now, does he say, all right, the players want this, so this is what I'm going to do, or does he just kind of check the temperature of the room and then does what he wants to do based off of that? Yeah, especially with like a certain veterans committee, you know, whether it's not an official committee or whatever, you know, check in with your veterans about what's going on with some things on the team. And, and that makes a ton of sense. And it's pretty important. Yeah, te teams have that. You have your captain's council and there are a lot of things that get run by them or at least it gets run by them uh, when it comes to decision making for the team, whether it's the structure of a practice or, hey, does this work or let's do this. And a lot of the or something that might be like a disciplinary thing where a player gets kicked off. Like a lot of it runs through the captain's council and some locker rooms allow their players to police each other. So the captain council will come together and they'll make a decision based on a player or their whatever. And then it kind of runs through them. So that's not like out of the ordinary. A lot of teams have that. And coaches lean on that. So they have kind of eyes and ears in the locker room, but guys that are going to hold each other accountable. Yeah. And, uh, and Kyle's a younger head coach but not quite in the same age group as a lot of his players. And I could see there's some position coaches around the league that are younger than the actual players on the field in some cases, especially right. when you got like Brady, who's 45 years old and Brady's actually older than, than Kyle Shanahan. Um, but it, it's, uh, it is interesting to see how close Kyle is with some of his players. And, and I think for the most part, it's pretty cool. And of course this is the off season. So, you know, people want to take it to a, to another level and I don't want to, you know, make any declarations about this is amazing best locker room ever because they're hanging out on a beach together. They might've just, you know, happened a certain way and it was one day and they got away and did their, their separate things as well. Uh, I, I don't know the details of it. And I don't want to say it's necessarily uh, a bad thing either. Kyle's too close to his players and in this and that, because there's a lot of takes out there, but one of the takes and one of the interesting things crock is there were no quarterbacks in Cabo, no Trey Lance, uh, Brock Purdy's getting ready for his elbow surgery. Do you take any, anything away from that? No, Trey Lance. He's not one of the. He's not one of the boys. I, I didn't. I didn't take anything away from that. But did you see where Trey Lance was? I saw him courtside. Yeah, courtside with Steph Curry. So yeah. maybe he just. I don't know. He's just like you know what? You guys go have your fun. I'm out here grinding. I'm gonna go sit with Steph Curry. Now I don't know what he's doing, but it, it sounds like he's still recovering. But 
he decided to stay. Although when you're a quarterback, you can't go hang out on the beach if you missed all season with an injury. You got to be rehabbing hard every day. I Remember? think that, that would be the other. So that's the way. So so fans are going to see that and say, "Oh, they don't like Trey because Trey's not there." If Trey was on the beach, so he's like, "I can't believe Trey's on the beach partying, uh, vacation in Cabo. He should be rehabbing. He should be working yeah. on his injury stuff." So you can't win. Man. Yeah, and I think right now our quarterbacks between Purdy, right? Because same thing with Purdy. If Purdy's out there and is like. Two days before you get surgery, you're out there with Cabo. Like, he's not serious, right? Oh, is that why you postponed your surgery to late February? Now you're going to be back in time because you wanted to go party on the beach. <laughs> yeah, that's what the conversation would be. But I, I think, you know, everybody, there are clicks. I was a little bit more surprised to, to see Debo and, like, Trent Williams because they – I mean, obviously, like, it's a tight-knit locker room regardless. But even with how tight it is, you typically see certain people hang with certain guys, right? Like, where was Brandon Ayuk? Was Ayuk there? And typically, when you see Debo, you see Trent Williams, you see Ayuk. And then there's another group of guys, when you see Kyle Juszczyk, you see Kittle, you see McCaffrey, you see Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like, that group of guys. So, um, it's it was cool to kind of see them kind of all grouped together. I did see Ayuk recently. But where are the defensive guys at? Doing something. Did it feel like it was all offensive guys? Did you oh, see yeah, the defense? Nick Bosa? Anybody? No, Bosa. Bosa, hang, Bosa just kicks it in Florida. That's all right. he does. He's eating weights. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? Because especially Debo, Debo last offseason was like, I, I, I do my own thing. I work out over here. I don't I don't go where everybody else is at. And now he's in Cabo with everybody having a good old time. Well, that's so. because they're partying. No, he, yeah. he, he does his own thing when it comes to how he works out and, and make sure. But, oh, oh, wait, there's a party? Oh, I'm there. So, yeah, he's going to be at the party in Cabo. Is he going to be working out in Santa Clara? I doubt that. He'll, <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be in Miami. Yeah, and, and obviously it's, uh, yeah, the, it, it, would be, it would be funny and pretty telling. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he's actually working out most of the offseason with the dudes in Santa Clara and on the West Coast. But there's a lot of negotiating going on with, with all the storylines with Debo last year. Yeah, and we do want to make it clear, just because he's partying in Cabo for a weekend or whatever it is does not mean that he's not uh, taking this offseason serious in the sense of getting his body uh, right. you got a lot of time for that. So, uh, But hopefully he does you know, take the necessary steps to make sure that he comes into camp and is the best version of himself because I think it was like either last season and there was the holdout stuff, but it was like when he was coming back, you know, he had to work out on the side for a while and, you know, kind of do that whole thing. Let's let's be ready, you know, as soon as uh, those bullets start flying. Absolutely. And, you know, they're working out Rocky Balboa style on the beach in Cabo and whatever hotel they're staying at. It's the nicest hotel with the nicest in hotel gym as well. So, you know, they, they could be doing some things there. But, man, the grind of an NFL season, 20 games going through the NFC championship game for the second year in a row. Need some time off. You got to rest those bones, man. Yeah, they are humans. They are humans. So, you, you know, there's only so many that are like machines where it's just like the grind don't stop. You know, you know there are some of those guys, but uh, you got to have a little fun with it as well. All right. Mock draft Monday. Let's check in on what uh, certain NFL draft gurus are handing out to the 49ers in these mock drafts and see what we think uh, about those picks and, and where the 49ers might be headed with, especially those late third round selections starting at around pick 99 in april next today's episode is brought to you by ultimate football gm you've heard us talk about this mobile app for a while now super fun uh competitive realistic format for managing your nfl franchise from top to bottom and this is off-season time so this is when you are making your money on ultimate football gm as well you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise and if you've ever dreamed of being a general manager this is the mobile game 
for you. Hiring the right coaches and coordinators with certain scheme specific, uh, um, you know, tendencies in mind for those coaches and coordinators, by the way, trading players, trading away players, acquiring players, navigating your franchise through free agency. Of course, the draft, one of the most fun things you can do on any off season. And a lot of people think the off season is as fun as the, the regular season. It's especially so for those teams that there might be uh, fans of teams that are losing franchise. When you are a fan of the 49ers recently, you've been in, been playing a lot in January and, and the season's a lot more fun uh, than the, the off season, especially if you don't have any early draft picks like the 49ers don't this year, but all the ups and downs of a season, build your dynasty for 25 years with ultimate football GM, completely free and playable offline, play on the go, and as and when you want to. Locked on listeners get a 100% free boost to the franchise in-game when using promo code Locked On. So make sure you check it out today. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. I do want to remind everybody about the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show YouTube channel. We used to be on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Uh, nothing else changes if you're a, a Peacock and Williamson listener. We cover the, the entire NFL every single day here and throughout the offseason. And uh, some great offseason coverage right now. The latest episode about the best franchises in NFL history in the Super Bowl era. The 49ers among those. So check out that episode and make sure you subscribe up to the brand new YouTube channel of Peacock and Williamson. It's youtube.com slash at Peacock and Williamson is where you can find it. Subscribe up there, and uh, I appreciate you. Okay. It's mock draft season, Croc. And a lot of these mock getting Bryce Young? They're getting Bryce Young? <laughs> They're getting CJ Stroud? They're getting a quarterback? <laughs> you got to wait a while. And, and last week was the first time I started to see some three-round mock drafts where some actual 49ers picks show up. For those of you not paying attention and not keeping score at home. The 49ers do not have a first-round pick. They traded that one away uh, for Trey Lance a couple of years ago, and they don't have a second-round pick or their third-round pick uh, or their fourth-round pick. Those were all traded for Christian McCaffrey at the deadline. They do have some comp picks, though, late round three. It looks like those are those are still projected. We don't know the official, official draft order, but these guys projecting these compensatory selections do a really good job. So for Sala, Mayhew, um, uh, uh, Rand Carthon, Mike McDaniel, um, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, they, they've, they've got the 49ers a lot of compensatory selections at the end of round three. It looks like they're going to have three comp picks this year, probably around pick 99, 101, and 102. And so they, it's going to be hard in drop, mock draft season because you don't know who's going to fall. There's going to be some players that you think are going to go top 50 that might still be there for the 49ers. And then there's going to be surprising selections where you never heard of a guy in your life. I remember, I think one of the best ones, and, and you and I, Croc, we follow this stuff, and you know, we follow the senior bowl, so we know who Jaquaski Tart was, but he has such an interesting name, small school guy. A lot of people, he went the second round when Jaquaski Tart's name was was read out at the NFL draft in the second round, uh, whatever that year was, 2016, 2015. And some fans were like, uh, excuse me, what? Well, Jaquaski Tart, what is that? And so um, there's going to be some curveballs thrown at some fans out there. So that's why you listen to this show, because you're going to hear some of those names before the NFL draft. I want to go to Dane Brugler's mock draft first, Croc, and take a look at who he had the 49ers taking at the, oh, I'm sorry, not not Dane Brugler. Going to um, NFL, there's a Dane, Dane Brugler mock as well. But I want to go to Chad Reader's mock for NFL.com, 
who had some selections here late in the in the third round for the San Francisco 49ers. And specifically, I want to go to pick 101 first. Darius Rush, the cornerback from South Carolina. Croc, you are the corner guru that I go to, that everybody goes to in the 49ers world. Have you done any tape work on Darius Rush, the senior corner out of South Carolina? I have not yet, but... Now that I know there's some names that are kind of in that range, I'll for sure dive in. And next time we uh, talk, we can give an, an in-depth analysis on that defensive back. Guys are going to kind of be in that range for the 49ers. What's his size? Know, What's his size? Hold on, hold on. I got, I got to pull that up. I got uh, I got multiple tabs here with, with so many different names on them. By the way, shout out to Kyle Madsen uh, of Niners Wire, who has already started to compile uh, a list of those names being drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. So Rush has some length to him. He is a, uh, I think he's right around six feet, six one. He's, he's pretty well built over 200 pounds and he made the switch to defense. He was recruited as a wide receiver earlier on in his career. So he's got some ball skills as well. Although his ball skills might not be great. If he had to go to defense from uh, the wide receiver spot, that's probably why he had to start playing defense was because of ball skills. That happens a lot too. I see that with, uh, with wide receivers turn corners and it's like, Oh man, yeah, he must be, have really great hands if he's a corner that used to play wide receiver. It's like, well, he probably is a corner because he didn't have good hands as a wide receiver. And, and I see that a lot with safeties who turn. I strongly disagree. Wait, I strongly on. disagree. And then there's uh, <laughs> there's safeties that turn linebacker. And it's like, oh, man, he's good in coverage because he used to play safety. It's like, no, the reason he got converted to linebacker is because he wasn't good in coverage. <laughs> he couldn't hack it at safety. Listen, man, DBs, is <laughs> I have to defend them. Right? Richard Sherman converted receiver right here's a receiver converted to cornerback at stanford you got any issues with his hands uh no he's just too slow to play receiver right no definitely not slow too slow he he ran like he ran in the four five so he's fast enough but you know that's that's interesting i wonder why because i don't remember watching any of sherman play wide receiver but he's six three long arms got good hands he's smart he just wasn't explosive enough that that had to be the reason right well, it sounded like, uh, I mean, you know, you got these uh, theories out there, but there was some kind of clash between him and Jim Harbaugh. And Harbaugh's so, an offensive guy, so he's like, just get him, get yeah, him in just give me, Just give me on the other get, side of the ball. Get him in a different meeting room. I, I'll tell you this. This is why guys play receiver and guys play defensive back. It's not because of hands or lack thereof. It's a mentality. And receivers, they're just not dogs like that. They're kind of soft. They're like kittens. You know, and DBs, you play on that dark side. You know, you got to have a certain mentality. I think I think Richard Sherman's mentality fit more the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball. So that, you know, I said it. Receivers, come at me. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally disagree. You don't think Debo's a dog? I think a lot of times what makes a receiver great <laughs> is that they are dogs. Those, those are the great ones, right? Not as much of a dog as Richard Sherman. <laughs> Is Richard Sherman a dog or does he just talk a lot? Does he bark a lot? You know what I mean? A little bit of both. Okay. I think that that's what comes with it, right? Like, be, like you have to have the big bark because, I mean, at the end of the day, you're not going to fight. Remember Trent Williams, like, mushed Richard Sherman back in the day. Do you remember that when, when uh, Trent was with the Washington oh, now, yeah. commanders? Oh, but yeah. After the game, the he, boom, yeah. and Richard Sherman was like, hey, man. You know, but so, you know, typically you're not going to get hit. So you, you can talk all the trash you want. Yeah, he goes, he goes, do something, do something. Trent hit him in the face and he put both hands up and backed away. He's like, eh, eh, and he like started laughing and like, yeah, he stopped saying do something. Like, yeah, never you, mind. You got, you got to laugh it off. You got to laugh it off. That was, I mean, and that was like, 
Richard Sherman's public enemy number one. 49ers fan. That's amazing how 49ers fans feel about Richard Sherman now versus love him. But as far as this corner, um, I my sweet spot, right, is from about 5'11 to about six foot, maybe six one, around 190 to one or you know, to 200. Like that's kind of the sweet spot in the sense of the change of direction. Um, not too long-legged for that change of direction. Typically, the guys are closer to 5'11", have just better feet, uh, better hips. The taller you get, the, the longer that transition is. Uh, so it sounds like he's a guy, if he's hovering around 5'11", close to 200. I, I like that 5'11", 190 range, but, you know, I, I'll, take, I'll take close to 200. So your dude is going to be uh, Devon Witherspoon, right, in this year's draft? Because that dude... Like the, the him. Thing- People don't love about him is his size. He's he's kind of, I, I think he's listed at six feet, but he's definitely not six feet. He looks to me like he's about. He looks to me, to be honest with you, a lot like the size and weight of uh, Emmanuel Mosley. But people are talking about him as a top ten pick, and it's like he's he's speaking to dogs. He's a dog. He's really good ball skills. Like everything I see from him, I love. So I know you're gonna love Devon Witherspoon. I don't yeah. know how you've looked at the film of him, but the the thing that he'll get knocked about is probably his size. I think he's, and all these guys end up coming in. This, this is what happens in the NFL draft. Everybody out there, you're looking at what their listed heights and weights are. They're going to gain five to 10 pounds and they're going to lose an inch. So just when you see, so like uh, Darius Rush, he's listed at 6'1", 196. He's going to come in over 200 pounds and he's going to come in six feet flat, maybe 5'11", three quarters. Like that's just the way it works. See, but that's my speech. About, if, he, if he's about six, which I just got measured, right? I got my official height measurement. Oh. Official. Six foot and a half. Wow, you've been you've been telling people you're six two, not even six no, one. I tell people I'm six one. Okay. And I'm still six one to y'all. Everybody out here listening, I'm six one. If you see me, you're like, oh, Croc's like six two, right? I, I in person I look close to six two. So I was listed at six two. I say I'm six one, but my official down to the centimeter and all that. Six foot and a half. It kind of is like a little shot to the ego, just a little bit. Maybe I'm shrinking. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, I, I've been telling people I'm six four, and I think that's a legit six four. But we'll have to see. I, I haven't been legitimately. Um, I've been on the scale a bit because I've been I've been trying to get in better shape. I dropped about five lbs recently, which is, which feels good. I got a lot more work to do there to get back to my pre-pandemic self. Um, but I haven't checked on my height since I was like 18 years old. I have no clue exactly how check check how, that height. You might yeah. you might get a nice little surprise. Like I'm six not, two and a half. No, I'm, not, joking. You're, you're taller I, than that, I'm definitely not coming in at six two and a half. I, <laughs> I'm six three and a half. I that that would be something that that's where I was when I was 18, six three and a half. And so yeah. I, I think I gained a, an inch since then, but we'll we'll see. Um but yeah, so Darius Rush, we'll move on to some other prospects here. Darius Rush, 6'1, 196. But you know, he, he looks to me like he's pretty big, legit. So, you know, six feet two hundred is, is about what Darius Rush is probably gonna weigh in at at the combine. No, I like one ninety he lists at one ninety six, right? Yep. I like that weight. One ninety five. Give me six foot one ninety five. I like that. Five eleven, one ninety five, I like that. That's good. He's your guy. Uh three interceptions, fifteen pass breakups starting two years at corner after he uh, made the switch from wide receiver. Uh, here's a guy, our guy Brad, who is a offensive line expert. He hits the offensive lineman hard. One of his favorite prospects was recently mocked to the 49ers. We'll check out some other prospects as well that are going to the San Francisco 49ers late third round with those comp picks in the NFL draft next.
Just want to say thank you once again, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Check out everything we got to offer talking about NFL Draft. The latest mock draft from the Locked On NFL Draft crew is up as well. So check out that podcast. And, of course, Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Make sure you're subscribed to the brand-new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel. And uh, thank you very much for that when you do. Okay, Croc. Nick Saldiaveri. I, I, I butchered his name. Sal Saldiv, Saldiveri. It's Nick Saldiveri. It's not Saldiaveri. I, I went too hard with it. So small school guy. He was at the uh, Senior Bowl. Nick Saldiveri. Old Dominion. He's played right tackle in college and was playing some interior offensive line. So listed as a guard here by NFL.com. Played some center as well at the Senior Bowl. I think there's definite sleeper potential. I think this is the right area for Nick Saldiveri to go to because he's going to make the switch from Offensive tackle inside. There's your potential project center, long-term center, which the 49ers will be looking at. He was projected here at pick 102 to end the third round by Chad Reader at NFL.com. You can go find his mock draft at NFL.com. And he's got the the Brad Graham from the SF Niners. He's got the the Brad Graham stamp of approval. We talked a lot of ball with Brad at the at the combine. We've had him on the show here before, so I trust his evaluations. And I was watching him play in center in some of the one on ones at the Senior Bowl, and he plays center like an offensive tackle. So I think he still is raw in the interior and has some work to do. But he's a he's a good pass protector, and he's got he's got good feet. And is he a road grader enough? Is he going to meet the physical standard that that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are looking for? But Nick Saldaveri out of Old Dimension. Uh, Old Dominion, a really interesting name that I like for the 49ers and uh, definitely approve that mock draft selection from what I've seen so far. I think when you start talking about positional value, right, and one of the words you use kind of like this developmental guy because you're getting him late in the third round, you know, a comp pick in the third round at the center position. But to me, third round center, that's kind of like starting territory. So you're you're drafting traits and you're betting that he's because we saw with Aaron Banks, he was a top 50 pick and didn't play at all his first year. Right. So uh, a lot has to be figured out. But even with the age of Jake Brendel, if the 49ers bring him back on a short term deal, he's still got to look at it. So maybe that's the perfect fit. A guy like Nick Saldaveri, who meets what you're looking for from an athletic standpoint, but you're projecting him a little bit. Saw him work at the Senior Bowl as a center, but he's played tackle, so he could back up multiple spots and be a valuable backup for a year before you plug him in as a starter uh, if you bring back someone like Jake Brendel on a one-year deal. But yeah, you you if you're looking for a rookie to bring in as a center and a third-round pick, you probably are hoping he's able to play early, and if you don't bring back Jake Brendel, you need him to play maybe day one. But he's going to be competing with someone like, um, I know Donovan West was on the practice squad. He's playing in the XFL right now. I don't know if he's going to have an NFL career. He might be back in camp again with the 49ers. Jason Poe, I thought he would play more center in his NFL career. They had him pretty much at right and left guard. I think right guard for the most part, the 49ers did. But there might be some competition there. If you don't sign McGlinchey, don't sign Brendel, you need someone to come in and start right away at center. Isn't that wild about Donovan West? Because if he was drafted in third round, 49 fans would have loved that, right? And if you're drafted in the third round, you just get way more opportunity. Like, he wouldn't be in the XFL right now if he was a third-round pick. And and that's just a weird thing uh, with the NFL. Now, 49ers have had, who is it? I think Jake Brendel, who had to go play in the other leagues as well. And then all of a sudden, he's been kind of this pivotal offensive lineman for the 49ers, whether he's playing center guard tackle for the last three four years it feels like but he had to go to another uh league so you know some of these guys like a donovan west it doesn't mean that the guy just can't play at all it just might not be a right fit 
Uh, we know how Kyle Shanahan is. You know, he wants those guys. You got to come in ready or you won't play. And if you are a guy that's undrafted, you're not going to get as many opportunities. So um, it's, it's, it's interesting what's going on with that center position. But competing with Jake Brindle, not saying he did bad. I think he was maybe one of the more underrated guys on the offensive line this past season. I still kind of like my chances if I'm a third-round pick. So here's another name for you. If you want a more finished product at center and – uh, offensive lineman Jarrett Patterson, who was mocked to the 49ers out of Notre Dame. He didn't allow a sack in his three-year run as the starting center for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So three-year starter, Notre Dame, uh, a college that, and you know the 49ers like to go back to the well at certain colleges and they trust certain, uh, and by the way, Darius Rush from South Carolina, another one of the 49ers favorites. So they've already drafted two offensive linemen from Notre Dame. Could they go back again and uh, get a guy who, three-year starter so he would have started right next to Aaron Banks for Notre Dame Jarrett Patterson another interesting name that you, you like that a little better that he's a little more finished product three-year starter at center I, I like I mean first of all with let's say Brock Purdy you see how much the experience kind of pays off yeah doesn't mean that you know this guy's going to be a player but if you're able to get a guy at that level that played that many games that started that many games and you get him in that round, I you know I, I like the idea of that for sure. KJ Henry, Clemson speed rusher. I think he only goes about two forty five, six foot four, uh, athletic, sort of raw edge rusher. I don't know if that's the type of player the 49ers really like a lot, but they did bring in Samson Abelcom. So maybe they they're they're kind of okay with that that sort of a, a style of player. But they've tended to like really bigger defensive ends and then smaller defensive tackles and just get everybody going upfield. That's the wide nine thing yet. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah. but AJ Henry from Clemson is, is another name there. I don't know if the 49 I, I think they need a speed rusher, but that, that's, I've, I thought they needed, you know, more of a, 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 an edge rusher with closing speed for a while, you know, and Drake Jackson could be that guy. I think he needs to come in a little leaner next year. Um, but it's kind of the same with the, with Kyle Shanahan's offense. There's a certain style of, of receiver that Kyle Shanahan just doesn't really like that much. And I've always like, oh, man, they need a guy that's kind of like blank. And they just keep going back with the, with, you know, with the, with the guys who are, who are more uh, three cones, not really worried about downfield, all about after the catch. And so I wonder if the 49ers might change some things up or just stick to it. Then someone like K.J. Henry might not be a selection for the 49ers. You know, I, I looked at a recent mock from the uh, draft wire USA today. And they had a couple guys, they had the 49ers taking the offensive lineman, but we picked 101 and 102, very interesting prospects that I would not be opposed to the 49ers drafting. Uh, that one is safety, Boise State safety, JL Skinner. And I watched him a lot, senior bowl week. Uh, he's a 6'4", rangy guy. He's gonna be more of that kind of box type guy, but he has legit kind of cover skills in that range, kind of closes the gap. If you watch the Dallas Cowboys against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you notice how they have all these long defenders, and did a really good job of squeezing those windows and making it extremely difficult for Tom Brady to kind of fit the ball in there because those guys were so long in that underneath area. I think that Skinner is a kind of guy that plays like that. And then after him, they have uh, the 49ers taking a pick 102, which again, these were back-to-back -back picks. Wide receiver, out of Wake Forest, A.T. Perry, another guy that's like six foot four, six foot five. I loved his ball skills going up and getting it, tracking the ball in. Had a huge game uh, when you watch him against. 
Clemson, and there were a few other games where I'm just watching Wake Forest, probably, you know, bet a little money on it or whatever. So I'm watching Wake Forest. They have a quarterback that the 49ers might like too, Sam Hartman. But um, A.T. Perry, I think he has this uh, skill set that the 49ers are missing, just that tall Rangy guy that can go downfield, he can get it. Kind of reminds me of a little bit of a Tyrell Williams. If y'all remember Tyrell Williams for the Chargers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some years ago, but he was a guy that a lot of people wanted on the market. I think if you said, hey, Tyrell Williams, you just have to go and be the 49ers, you know, third or fourth receiver. And also, I mean, you got George Kittle as well, and then you got Christian McCaffrey. I like fitting a guy into a specific role like that to be able to play off of the other guys. So A.T. Perry, I think he's a guy that can really be the kind of that field stretcher. Just throw the ball up. You don't have to be perfect with accuracy, but he has a huge catch radius and tremendous ball skills at the catch point. Yeah, A.T. Perry listed 6'5", 205, 26 touchdowns over the last two seasons at Wake Forest. But that's exactly the guy that Kyle Shanahan is not going to draft, man. Right. He doesn't want. That's what they need. I think the offense needs that, Uh, especially with a strong arm quarterback like Trey Lance. If he wins the job, you got to have someone that's got ball skills, track the ball, which is huge, and and make the adjustments needed to go get the ball down the field. It's not, you know, a perfect pass. Go get it. I don't have to be perfect, but I just have a guy that can go get it. By the way, JL Skinner, I mean, we mentioned Dukowski Tart. It's the Tart Scouting Report 220 pounds. He's listed at 6'4". If he shows up 6'2 and a half. He's legit. No, he's legit 6'4". At the senior bowl, they, yeah, they do like their official measurements at the yeah. senior bowl week. Yeah, he's legit 6'4". Oh, he's 6'4". Dang. That's a big, that's like where you start to, and that's why he's, they're going to fall, right? Because 6'4", people aren't going to trust. I'm not a free safety. You're either going to go in the first round like uh, Hamilton did last year, or you're going to drop a little bit because people don't believe that, yeah. that you'll be able to, to cover in the league. A lot of offensive linemen, uh, another center prospect that has shown up on mock drafts. That is uh, Olasugun Aloatimi. He is a center from Michigan, from Jim Harbaugh's squad over there. He actually was at uh, at the University of Virginia and then transferred to Michigan and has started 49 games over the course of his college career. So a lot of centers showing up in mock drafts for the 49ers. Another guy here is a... Uh, you know, not one of the top prospects from the Alabama defensive line, but uh, uh, Byron Young, defensive lineman from Alabama, that actually does fit, I think, what the 49ers like on a in a defensive tackle. He's he's a good run defender, but he's not 350 pounds, right? You know, he's like 6'3", 300, and be a guy that could jump into the rotation probably right away for the 49ers. So, uh, oh, and one more player I want to mention is safety from Ohio State, Ronnie Hickman. So he's uh, started a whole bunch of games. In fact, 26 consecutive games there for the Buckeyes. So a guy who started multiple seasons for Ohio State, you know, that's usually a, a pretty legit player, uh, more of a box safety there again for for Hickman. The Niners need a little more free safety, I think, if they're going to be drafting one. But uh, Ronnie Hickman, Ohio State, another another name. So a lot of safeties, a lot of centers so far for the 49ers showing up in mock drafts. Croc, what are you looking for for the 49ers? You, you for for a for a defensive back. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. Okay, it's third round pick. So you, you're not drafting Deion Sanders. What, what's the scouting report for the guy that you're looking for for the 49ers to plug in the 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 defensive secondary right now? I'm definitely looking for a cornerback. And you know the cool thing about the NFL right now, you don't gotta be Deion Sanders. There are no Deion Sanders. You're not gonna have that shutdown guy. It's too wide open. They call every little penalty on you. Right? Everybody hates defensive backs. So you don't gotta be perfect. But can I get a guy again? 5'11", 6 foot, 190, quick feet, change of direction because those guys are more versatile in their scheme. They can play off, they're twitched up, they can play press just long enough with the arms 
and has a nice change of direction, I would like to run about a 4-4-8 or better. Uh, that's what I'm looking for out of my corners. I'm going to find that guy. I am going to find that cornerback for the 49ers. All right. You report back next Monday on Mock Draft Monday, Croc, and, and let me know. Maybe we'll do a little mock together and put a, a, put three names together for picks 99, 101, and 102 for the 49ers to be drafting late in the third round, and we'll see if we find your sort of like, – I'm feeling like you want a guy who could be the next Emmanuel Mosley maybe, Croc. Uh, pretty much, right? And you got Mosley undrafted, so you might not get that lucky, but a guy with his type of skill set. And, and when I first put the film on and I watched him, I said, ah. Oh, He's this this guy. I, I like this. Guy. I remember that like uh, I remember that clear as day from that undrafted free agent class because there was Tarverius McFadden. Yeah, the guy, he got the bigger deal and he was the guy that people were bigger on uh, coming out of the draft that year. And everyone's like, oh, God, it was it was sort of like the Donovan West thing this year. He was like, oh, hey, this guy's people had him in third round in mocks. We got Tarverius McFadden. Can't believe it. What a steal of an undrafted free agent. And we watched him and we said, you know what? Emmanuel Mosley might be the better player. And yeah. he was the guy that stuck, and he was even better than I thought he was going to be back then, but you identified him early on. Yep, yep. That's what I'm looking for. Mosley 2.0. He was really slight. I think he was like 5'11", 184, or something like that. Yeah, he was a little out. smaller. He might, I might have been more like 5'10 and a half. So. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. More Mock Draft Monday coming up next week, but there's going to be draft stuff uh, intertwined throughout every single day here of the offseason. We're going to get back into our – a positional previews for the offseason as well, looking at edge rushers for the 49ers and who they want to keep, who they need to spend money on, who they could bring in from outside the organization tomorrow. Right here, Locked On 49ers.